though very and children and everybody be sure to invite people let's bring them to class bring them to worship and youth group and all kinds of things that we do we're very glad to have the youth house open back up thank you Kenley for getting that getting that going that's awesome they had class over there and so just nothing but more to come right we're excited about that and the activities that the youth have and everything else that we're that we're doing I got to hit the button again right so as uh, I was, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm still very thankful, and I just want to ex continue to express that, how thankful I am for our family to be here, thankful to the elders in this congregation uh, to be able to be here, and uh, the, the Bullard Church of Christ is a, is a special place, and uh, I'm thankful to God that my family can be a part of this wonderful congregation. I say that we left a great place to go to a great place, and uh and this certainly is a very special place. And if you've been here any length of time, then you know that. And uh, we want more people to know that. And so uh, we're excited about uh, our future here. I was looking through the directory, and I noticed that today is Brother Cogburn's birthday. And, uh, you know, I know that he was loved. I know that he was greatly admired. And uh, he served God faithfully. And we're so very thankful for Brother Cogburn. I never had the pleasure to meet him and know him, but I wish I had. And I hear nothing but good and wonderful things about him. And uh, I've met some others in the community, and they speak so highly of him. And so we're so thankful to him. Uh, you can't replace a rooster Cogburn, can you? Uh, we're, he was one of a kind. And we're thankful for men like him, servants like him. And... Uh, those that come before us and so we will always be thankful to God for his service you know we started this series last week called if Jesus is Lord and so what we're looking at is this question this this concept of if Jesus is in fact Lord of my life we know we looked at last week He's Lord no matter what, whether I believe, whether I agree, whether I care or not. He's Lord and I can't do anything to change that. But if he is in fact Lord of my life, in other words, I'm a Christian. I, I, I claim to believe in him and claim to be a Christian and follow him. Then what does that mean for my life? What are the implications? What, what change does that make in my life? What's the impact of that in my life? And so that's what we're going to think through in this series. And so for today, we want to think about if Jesus is Lord, then I'm a doer. If Jesus is Lord, then I'm a doer. That's a funny looking word. We don't ever say that really or see it written, but we're going to see that in scripture. If Jesus is Lord, then I'm a doer. Now, what would you think if you took your car to a mechanic and you pull up and like they like you to do one of them will come out and say well, what seems to be the problem 
and you start describing the problem and making the sounds and all kinds of sound effects to describe the problem because you don't know what the problem is. And he seems pretty entertained by all your sounds and he stares at you and then he says, hey, y'all come over here, listen to this. And they all want to hear all the sounds that you make and describe all that's going on with, the, with, your, with your car. And they're very entertained by how you, you try to describe this to them. And so they, then they decide to pop open the hood, take a look under the hood, and they look around and they turn the engine on and they, they hit the accelerator a little bit. Then they turn the key, they turn it off, and they close the hood and they say, yep. You're right. That's what it is. Would that be enough for you? Would that satisfy you and they send you on your way? No, you, br you bring it to them to fix it, right? You don't want them to simply hear the sounds and, and the words and the descriptions of what's wrong with the vehicle. You want them to do something about it. That's why you brought it to them. You want that mechanic to be a doer and not just a hearer. Is that right? One time when I was real little, uh, I woke up in the summer on a Saturday, and this is what I woke up to. Well, we were going to Six Flags, but y'all, you kids wouldn't get up. Now, that's almost the worst way a kid in the summer can wake up. That's literally how I was awoken. We were going to Six Flags, but you kids wouldn't get up. I, I had no knowledge that there was any idea, any notion of going to Six Flags. This was not anything I had heard of. You don't forget if you hear, hey, tomorrow or this Saturday we're going to Six Flags. You don't forget that, do you? So, so it, it, I don't believe I was ever told that. But I wake up and I'm like, uh, this is the worst news ever. I can't believe it. We were going to go to Six Flags, and now we're not. It was said, but there was no doing there, and apparently it was all of us kids' fault. Now, to this day, I still don't understand what happened. I have no idea what happened there, if that was real or not. I have no idea. It is still a mystery to me why that situation happened there. And I still didn't get that Six Flags trip, by the way. But, <laughs> you know, there, we do that as parents, too. There's regular tasks that, that, uh, and, and things that we get excited about, from the mundane to the, the big things that we want to do for our kids, for our family, for our spouse, for somebody else, or the regular things. And, and, and we say we're going to do them, we talk about doing them, and then what happens? Maybe, maybe it's that little repair, maybe it's that, that trip, maybe it's that thing. And then we never do it, right? Am I the only one that's ever done that? We've all experienced that, haven't we? And then you realize, I never did that. I said that I was going to do it, and I never did it. Now, do you remember the story of Jesus, story that Jesus told about the wise and foolish builders? Children, do you all remember the wise and foolish builder story? We're going to look at that in Matthew chapter 7 because it's easier to be a hearer or a sayer than it is a doer and that's what we're looking at today we've experienced that where it's in one ear out the other 
Where we say or we hear, but we don't do. And so we're going to see what the Bible can, how the Bible can help us, how God's word can help us when it comes to doing. So let's look at Matthew 7, the story of Jesus' parable of the wise and foolish builders. Starting in verse number 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, so hears and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But what? It did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and what? Does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And not only did it fall, Jesus said, and great was the fall of it. Now this parable closes out the Sermon on the Mount. That time when he sat up there and taught his disciples and those gathered to listen. And, and in that, he was, he was calling his disciples within the, within the Sermon on the Mount, and then, and then right here as he ends, he was calling his disciples to choose between him or something else or someone else as the foundation for their life. And for many of them, they were hearing from the religious leaders of the day. Or maybe it was something else. But he was saying, you've got a choice to make on, on, on who is going to be the foundation or what is going to be the foundation of your life. And so he's urging them, make my words and, and living out my words the foundation for your life. Build your house on my foundation. Jesus is telling us that the evidence of whether a person is truly a believer is in whether that person does the words of Jesus. So we see that. We see that in Matthew 25. We see that in other places where we see the evidence of that belief is seen in action. That demonstrates that. And we'll get to James because James starts digging into that, doesn't he? Now back up to verses 21 through 23 on our next slide. Verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. That sounds like Matthew 25, you workers of lawlessness. But wait, they were doing good things in the name of Jesus. What's the difference there? What was the problem, Jesus? Well, he said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who what? does the will of my Father. So what he's distinguishing is, is that whoever these other folks were, 
They may have been doing the thing in their mind in Jesus' name, but it wasn't according to his words and his will because he wants us to be a doer of his words, a doer of his will, not my will, not somebody else's will, not somebody else's word, not what I want, what he wants. Remember last week we talked about that follower their, their, their shoes are, are dusty because they're falling right behind that rabbi. I say, what does he do? Because i got to do it just like him. I, I want to do whatever that rab, my rabbi, and Christ, of course, being, being ours, whatever he leads us to do and teaches us to do, his will, his words. And that's what that's about. So in context, Jesus is saying something about the false teachers uh, and, and warning the disciples and the crowd there to be careful of the false prophets, the false teachers. Be careful who you follow because even if they do good deeds, that doesn't mean they're doing God's will. We have to be careful who we listen to. We have to be careful who we follow, what we believe. And again, the one who is truly Jesus' disciple, we see it here again, is the one who does... His will. Now notice what he says in verse 24. Remember what he says there. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. That's the one who will be blessed. And when Jesus is Lord, the follower of Jesus his, hears his words and lives out his word. And that's what we're talking about. If Jesus is Lord, I'm a doer. Well, what do I do? I'm doing his words and his will. Now, let's turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Verse 24, but he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks in, into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who does what? Acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Some of us might wish we could go look in the mirror, see it, turn around, and immediately forget what we just saw, right? Some of us would, would wish that was the case. But James is, is making kind of, a, kind of a, a point that we will see as ridiculous. Do you see that? Nobody does that. Nobody looks in the mirror and instantly forgets what they look like. You, you know what you look like. And, and, and how crazy would it be if you went to the mirror and your hair's all crazy and your lipstick didn't get on just right or you, you shaved half your face and then you turn around and walk out the house like it was normal. See, nobody, maybe nobody, I didn't look around too good, maybe nobody does that. But James is saying, that's not what we do. You know what you look like when you turn away from the mirror. And as ridiculous as that is, he, he's, he's trying to show us in this illustration, it's the same thing as when we look at God's word and we turn around and are a hearer only and not a doer. He's saying that's just as silly to see our face and forget it, and to see the word and not do it. 
See, because if Jesus is Lord, then I'm a doer of his will and his word. Now, how do they deceive themselves there in verse 22? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. How do they deceive yourself? It's because you think you heard it and you're fine. That's sufficient. The person that says, oh yeah, I know the word. I know what it says here. I can tell you what that is about. I know it up here. But they're not living it at all. That person is deceived because they think they got it all going on. They think everything's fine. And James is saying, no, nothing's fine. You're supposed to be doing this. You're deceived. Now, when you're deceived, you know what a blind spot is? When you're driving, you talk about blind spots. You have, you have you know, your mirrors to cover your blind spots. But a blind spot, it, it might be something in your, in, your, in your personality. Or it might be, so if, if I were to hold up, if I were to hold up this book, now, don't, you're going to cheat and look at the book in front of you on the pew. But if you didn't have that and if you didn't know, you wouldn't know what the title is, would you? Why? Because it's a blind spot, right? You can't see, can you? So it's, it's, it's similar to that. You can't see when you're deceived that you're deceived. And he's saying, you're deceived. See that, that you're just a hearer only and not a doer. So we need to listen to the word and receive with meekness. He talks about earlier the implanted word which is in you, which is able to save your soul. And that's what he talks about a few verses earlier. We didn't get into that, that's, that, that at the beginning of that. So, so that implanted word that's in you is what can save you. You have to receive that with meekness. Now then, what does he say in verse number 25? Notice that he says, the one who looks at the perfect law, look at the word, the law of liberty, and does what? Persevere. See, you got to keep at it with the word. You got to let the word keep at it with you. You got to receive it with meekness continually. You can't say, well, I learned that when I was in, in high school. I learned that when I was a kid. I learned that when I was in my 20s. And you think you're done. You have to continue. You have to pers persevere in the word of God and let it do its work in your life. That's what being a doer is about, not only living it, but letting it come in you and helping you grow, helping you uh, uh, mature spiritually. And the person who does that, the Bible says, is blessed in their doing. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first. You see, you're seeking to do his word and his will. And he said, don't worry about the rest. I got you covered. I'm going to take care of you. And we go through hard times, we go through traumatic times, we go through very difficult times. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we have that home in heaven. So how can I apply this as we close? I think, and we'll talk about this more uh, in the coming weeks, that the great commandment and the great commission really summarize for us uh, the core of how do I apply this? How do I live this out as a disciple? The great commandment, Matthew 22, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands, commandments hang all the laws, depend all the laws and the prophets. So ask yourself, how is your love for God? How is your love for God growing? How is your relationship with God growing? Not is it there, is it growing? Are you maturing spiritually? 
Are you growing spiritually? The more we grow in our love for God, the more we are doers of his word and his will because that word is in us more and more. Not, not, it's not business as usual, it's not, uh, it's, but it's a genuine doing of the word of God. It's not, it's not just being busy, busy and doing all kinds of things, but it's a, it's a doing good works and a doer of his will out, that grows out of our love for God. That's what that is. It's not because you think you have to to earn anything. It's, nobody's going to stop you because of God's love for you, and those, those, the, that doing comes out of that. That's the motivation, and we'll talk about that more uh, down the road. And then secondly, how is your love growing for other people, your neighbors, your coworkers, uh, uh, at your school, on your team, in the community? Do you care about others? And look at verse 40. On these two commandments depend all the laws and the prophets. I used to think that that verse, I just didn't even pay attention to that verse. You know what Jesus is, say, Jesus is saying in that verse? He's saying it all hinges on th these two things, love God and love others. That's what it's all about, and everything else comes out of that. And that makes me want to serve in the church when I love God that much, when I'm growing in my relationship to God. It makes me want to serve wherever I'm needed, not necessarily everywhere I want to serve. It makes me want to get involved in serving in different ways, be more faithful in the area that I'm over, whether I'm an official, officially over a thing or I just am the one responsible for doing it. My love for God drives me to do it. It drives me to look for ways I can serve and get involved. And it makes me more concerned about others. And then finally, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is the very last words give us plenty to do, don't they? We kind of got a lifetime full of stuff to do right there in, our, in his last words. And so, so I need to be about sharing my faith, inviting people to church, uh, uh, having conversations with folks, uh, meeting people I don't know. And sometimes that's hard to do. It's uncomfortable. We're, we're introverted. We're shy. We're, we maybe aren't confident or something. We've got to do that. And, and, and I know that we can certainly always do more of those kinds of things. There are many ways we can fulfill the Great Commission. But here's what I want to end on to kind of summarize our thought. If Jesus is Lord, I'm a hearer, not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. I'm not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. If we can help you this morning in your relationship with God in any way, we encourage you to come forward now as we together stand and sing.